This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Welcome back to sports. They're happening. At least practices are happening. Some leagues are actually already playing games, and others will have more to come soon. Um, I'm Emily. And I'm Emily. You're listening to Sports and Corks. And we will just get right into it, not waste any time. Um, so the WNBA, like a lot of other leagues, is back. Um, they are bubbled up right now at the IMG Academy in Florida. Um, not in Orlando, though, like the MLS and NBA. Um, their regular season was supposed to start in May, I believe. That sounds right. And it just never happened because of the coronavirus. <laughs> so um, they are starting their regular season this Saturday, July 25th, uh, with a double header between the Storm and Liberty. And then later in the day, the Mercury and Sparks are going to be playing. So um, some great matchups there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the regular season, if all goes according to plan, will conclude on September 12th. And then they will move into playoffs. So it's definitely a sped up timeline, um, just given everything going on. Uh, The favorites, according to Westgate Superbook, are the Washington Mystics. Um, Well, I guess the Mystics and the Las Vegas Aces are tied for the favorite to win it all. And then the Sparks from L.A. are just shortly behind them. So I can imagine, Emily, that you will probably be watching um, those games this weekend. Yes. My goal is to watch more NBA or WNBA games. Um, in general, my goal is to watch more women's sports because of how strongly I feel about we should be covering more women's sports. Like as a country, we, we love sports in this country. We should pay attention to the women, like just as much as the men. Um, and so I am really looking forward to watching the Liberty and seeing Sabrina Ionescu and just seeing like everyone kind of shake off the, you know, cobwebs. They haven't played in minutes. So, um, and a lot of players, like they're players who are new, they're rookies. And um, I'm just really excited for this season. It is unfortunate that it's a bridge due to the coronavirus, but I think there's going to be a lot of good basketball to watch. Um, and there are just so many good players in the WNBA right now. Um, I'm sure you'll probably catch a couple of the games too. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great time for the WNBA one, because, um, there just aren't as many things going on right now. So people have more Mm -hmm. time to spend, um, hopefully indoors, (laughs) uh, being safe. Um, and then also with Sabrina, it's just kind of like a jolt of like star factor yes. that they are getting now, I think, um, that I think they've kind of needed. Uh, 
you know, obviously like the WNBA has a lot of young, uh, proven kind of up and coming at the same time players. But I think that she's someone on the national stage that anyone who cares really at all about sports, like knows her name. Um, and I think that will probably help them a lot in terms of viewership and interest in the league. So I'm excited to see things back in action. And it helps that they'll be on like ESPN and ABC. Like they will be on networks that people are already like looking at. They're like, oh, I'm going to, I go to this channel to see what's on. So that'll really help them. Yeah. I think there's definitely kind of a barrier to entry in terms of watching games typically because it's hard to even find them to watch if you wanted to. So I mean, there are ways, I suppose, but uh, it definitely requires more effort. So uh, you make a great point with that. Um, the NBA is also back. So um, by the time this episode comes out, scrimmages will be underway. So what they're doing um, are a few scrimmages, and then they will start with seeding games for the playoffs. So those are beginning on Thursday, July 30th. And then I guess in about a month is when the first round of the playoffs is uh, expected to start on August 17th. So um, soon we will have NBA games to watch again. And uh, I think that people will even be interested in watching the scrimmages, (laughs) which are going to be uh, televised. I think that at this point, people are just so desperate to watch basketball that they will watch something that on paper does not matter (laughs) i agree with that so and that's kind of their time to work out the kinks of being in a new environment in terms of uh the broadcast and um all of the things that go into a game you know like horns buzzers shot clocks (laughs) scoreboards (laughs) all that kind of stuff all the technical things that are way above our heads um so, according to Caesar's sports book, the Lakers are the favorite to win the title uh, for this season, and then the Bucks are not too far behind them, followed by the Clippers. So those are, and then after that, it it kind of drops off. So there's a there's a pretty big gap between the Clippers and the next team, which I believe is the Celtics. Um, don't quote me on that, but <laughs> um, all solid teams. I think, though, that this season could be one where you have a dark horse come through because it's just such a unique environment. Um, I think that playing at a neutral site will definitely um, benefit certain teams who might have trouble with that in a normal playoff situation. So, as always, interested to see what happens. It'll be fun. I think in general, so they've been in the bubble for like a week or two now. Uh, July 7th, I think, was when the first teams arrived. 7th through the 9th. Yeah. Okay, so, so that was a couple weeks. two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Emily and I listened to the Titus and Tate podcast, and they have very much, there's no college basketball, so they've been talking about the NBA. And they made a comment about how people care about like the drama of the NBA more than watching the NBA. And this might be the first time in a while that people care about like the drama and the like sport of it. 
like they're like oh I want to watch basketball but I also want to know what they're doing in the bubble because it seems like people are very entertained by the bubble life for these players yeah I mean it's kind of like a vacation style atmosphere physically where they are obviously um but they're all together and they're doing vacation activities like as a family essentially combined with um you know competing for a title so it's just a very interesting combination of work and play I guess um yeah and uh like definitely like you said the the um hollywoodness i guess of the nba yeah. i think is something that people find very entertaining uh nba twitter i think is unparalleled compared to other um sports leagues or groups on twitter <laughs> it's just a world of its own super entertaining and funny uh, and dramatic and there's actually a really great twitter account that you can follow called at nba bubble life where basically they take a bunch of videos, pictures, et cetera, that different players and teams are posting on their accounts of life inside the bubble, and they post them on this one central uh, account. So it's just kind of a nice way to get a good, nice, well-rounded view of what life is like inside the bubble. It's interesting that you made a comment on, it's like they're on vacation, but then they go and play basketball against each other. I think in an interview, Sabrina for the WNBA, she was like, oh, it's like an AAU tournament. Um, so like a lot of these guys are probably, it's probably the same for both bubbles where they're like, oh yeah, like we play against each other and then we go and hang out. And it's kind of like it was when they were like kids where you're like, you're all away. You're all just here for this tournament. But like, it's not like you're going to say like, no, I'm not going to go hang out with these other people. Like you're all hanging out. You're all there to have a good time. In this case, you're there to play ball and win for your salary yeah and I'm not sure so far I don't think I've seen any intermingling between teams at least not that's been documented I don't think I don't know what if I don't know if you're only allowed to you know physically be close to your own teammates or what the deal is there um but it's like you know all these teams are in the same same campus yeah. at the same resort so it just feels like they're all kind of on vacation together um yeah. i think the aau t- tournament is a great comparison you know it's like you go you go like play against your friend like who's on an opposing aau team and then you like all get dinner together afterwards or something i don't know it's very unique it is it's very fun um And kind of continuing on the trend of teams being pretty much just with each other, um, the NWSL has been doing the Challenge Cup for the last almost a month now. Um, The Thorns recently upset the favorite to win, the North Carolina Courage. Um, And the semifinals will be played tomorrow, which is the Wednesday, the 22nd. This will be out after that, but... The Portland Thorns will have played the Houston Dash. The Chicago Reds will have played Sky Blue FC. If I had to make an educated guess who's going to win tomorrow, it'll be the Portland Thorns and the Chicago Reds. The Reds were favored along with the Courage to win the tournament. So uh, we'll see. 
I, I can see it being the Thorns and the Chicago Reds on Sunday when they play in the final, and it'll be a really good matchup. It's at 11.30 Central Time. It'll be on CBS. Uh, back to that like barrier to access that we had talked about for the WNBA and watching those games. For the NWSL, it's kind of the same. So they've been playing on CBS All Access, and you have to like get a like subscription for it to watch these games. And I'm like, why can't this just be on like any other channel? Like, why do I have to get a special channel to watch sports when there are no other sports on? So that's like kind of frustrating. It's good that the final will at least be on CBS. It'll be on like a public channel. Um, And that's something to definitely be on the lookout for this weekend, along with the WNBA. And then the NWSL just awarded LA an expansion club to um, a majority woman-led group. And that group includes Natalie Portman, Mia Hamm, Serena Williams, um, and like a couple other women. And they'll start playing in 2022. So the NWSL making big moves and they already had teams that were on their way, like one in Kentucky, I believe. And I can't think of the other location. Natalie Portman, Mia Hamm, and Serena Williams is quite the crew. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't picture them yeah. all hanging out together in real life, but I I don't know. I just want them to, like, be brunching at these games from the owner's box. <laughs> I bet they will be. <laughs> that would be great. Another one of the women will be uh, Uzo Aduba, who was on Orange is the New Black. So it is mm, a very okay. diverse group. Yeah. Women, like, I like, wonder if they've met each right. other in real life. I mean, I would assume at like events, like when they all like decided yeah. they were going to do, I don't know, but like before, I don't know how they all came together. Yeah. They're all living very different lives. Serena Williams is out here doing the most and still winning. And like, I guess I that's know. a question is like, how did this come together? <laughs> There's going to be a, a movie about it. It'll be on Netflix the in 10 years. Origin story of this ownership <laughs> group. Don't Anyways, make a story. Regardless, it's fun. It'll be good. So get the last bit of your women's soccer in this weekend, folks. And then the MLS is back. Tournament is going on. The knockout stage is coming up. Um, from what I've seen, so like we said, maybe a couple weeks ago, um, the Seattle Sounders were favored to win. They're doing okay in their um, group stage right now. Um, we'll see how they continue. Like they should be safe um, right now. So like in group A, Orlando and Philadelphia are doing well. San Jose and Seattle in group B, Toronto, and New England in group C. Real Salt Lake and Minnesota in Group D, the Columbus Crew, New York Red Bulls in Group E, and then the Portland Timbers and the um, LA Football Club in Group F um, are all like all looking okay. Um, there's still more games going on, so that could change. I mean, it would take like something pretty big for some of these groups, but um, they'll be moving out of the group stage and then into the knockout and then it kind of goes pretty quickly if you've ever watched the world cup you know how like once you get to that stage 
teams start falling out of the tournament pretty quick. Um, so that just like keep on an eye out for that. Those those games are played like throughout the day. <laughs> so like if you want to start your day with soccer, if you want to end your day with soccer, you can watch the MLS. Um, and then like just a really random thing. Uh, so almost 5,000 meals are being eaten every day in the bubble um, for the MLS. And there's like 1,200 players and staff in this bubble. And they're still ordering more food. And I'm just like, very impressed by the amount of food being consumed by this group of people. <laughs> That's a lot. It's so much food. And it's being made. Like, most of those meals are being made, like, in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then people are still ordering out from, like, Chipotle. <laughs> but they can't leave the bubble barrier. <laughs> no. We've learned that. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned there are penalties. Um, very, Ooh. very swift and strong penalties for doing it's so. Not worth it. No. Um, I guess, I mean, yeah, like professional athletes, I typically eat four meals a day. So, but the idea of eating four meals a day is so much. Sometimes I'm like, I'll have two meals and snack and, I'm like, how could someone eat any more than this? <laughs> well, especially now with like the kind of weird schedule that I'm sure like, exactly. lots of folks are on, just like working from home. It's like you eat when you are like actually hungry. So that that might not be until like 1030. Yep. And then you like eat again around three. And then you're mm-hmm. not going to eat at like nine because you're about to go to bed at 10. So you exactly. may eat a snack. <laughs> or like you have breakfast at like 1030 and then you have a snack around noon or one. And yeah. then you're like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not really hungry for lunch. So then you just skip lunch and then you have dinner and maybe dessert. Like, it's just, it's a very weird time being like at your house or your apartment yes. through all of your meals. <laughs> Correct. Um, <laughs> so everyone has their own new schedule that they have adapted to. Um, but that is definitely a lot of meals. Yeah. It's so much food to be powering through. I'm very impressed by it. I'm I'm like, good for you. You're keeping. They're probably stimulating the local economy. <laughs> there you but go. like only restaurants. <laughs> um so that's so good. Um I'm going to correct what I just said about like the odds. The odds had changed to where oh. <laughs> LAFC this was so the odds as of it's not that breaking. It's oh. as of July 13th, which is last week. <laughs> okay. But I don't have a more recent stat, but um LA Los Angeles FC is favored to win over like everyone else right now. That could change. Again, the knockout stage is like you have one bad game, it doesn't matter. You can't save yourself the way you can in the group stage where it's like you have a bad game and then you turn around and you play a team that's like that you're way better than and you just score a couple goals. You can help yourself. Um, you can like kind of make it back up. Once it's knockout, you have a bad game, you're out. You're cut. Tyra Banks tells you you're <laughs> going home and probably very rudely. <laughs> How did she, what's her send off phrase when someone gets eliminated? Doesn't she um, have one? She's like she just says I have the name hand. of the picture. Yeah, yeah. One hand and one of you is going home. That's right. She gives them the picture. I forgot about that. And then what there's one where she yells like, 
I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Oh, yeah. A classic. And that's probably going to be a couple of teams where people are like, oh, man, we were really hoping that you would pull this out. And then they don't. <laughs> These things happen. Say lovey. <laughs> I would also imagine that uh, NHL players are probably eating a lot of meals once they arrive at their two host sites. Um, Absolutely. And they're getting Canadian food because they're going to be in Canada. So some nice poutine. Yeah. Tim Hortons. I don't know. <laughs> is that that's probably too stereotypical. Tim Hortons is very good, though. Like people love Tim Hortons. And it's not just in Canada that people love Tim Hortons. People in North Dakota love Tim Hortons. Yeah. Um, in Canada, they also sell Reese's peanut butter cups in packs of three, which I think is great because I find that two is not enough, but the four that are in the king size is just too many. So um, Canada has definitely has some things right that they're doing. Um, but <laughs> back to <laughs> hockey. Um, play will resume on the 1st of August. Um, and the Boston Bruins and Tampa Bay Lightning are favored to win the Stanley Cup, according to Caesars Sportsbook. They are tied for that. Um, not too surprising. That's based on where the season kind of left off. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe that that's really changed. So It'll probably start changing once they start. <laughs> I, I'm like so interested in how these like odds and – favorites are like changing once it goes back to play and once like these teams like to your point where you're like it's a neutral site how are you going to play one without fans and like the normal environment like how are these teams obviously it won't be like too significant of a difference in how they play but like they might it, it might be the difference between like scoring a goal or having a goal scored on you uh, yeah, it definitely could be. Hockey is so crazy. It's, I mean, similar to soccer. It's like, just never really know what's going to happen. And like one second could <laughs> cost you the game. Yep. Without an That's... opportunity to really, you know, come back. So. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little stressful. Um... It's just so much harder to score a goal than it is to, you know, make two three-pointers in, like, a short amount of time to get you back yes. in the game. <laughs> yes, agreed. Like, it it takes significantly more work and, like, more people pitching in for that work to get the points. Yeah. Um. So their qualifiers um, start on August 1st and then the first round of the playoffs will be uh, begin on August 11th. So their timeline is pretty similar to the NBA. So we will have playoff hockey and playoff basketball going on at the same time. So much excitement. I'm so ready. I think the abs, this is a only an Emily Cornell take. So don't like take this as being a educated guess. <laughs> the abs aren't too far behind in the like, for the favorites to win, I think the Avs can do it. This is my homer bias coming out where, like, I think every Colorado team except the Broncos is going to win. The Rockies, they're going to win the World Series. The Nuggets are going to win the NBA championship. The Avs are going to win the Stanley Cup. I just, like, 
this is how I feel. Please don't at me. Please don't talk to me about this. If you have something <laughs> negative to say, I don't need that kind of energy when I'm rooting for my teams. The Rapids, I had hopes and dreams for them. And then they were playing Kansas City the other night and they like, they fumbled the ball. And I'm like, all right, well, fellas, um, Kansas City wants this more than you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think they're both, both teams are going to be knocked out of the group stage, but like, oh, oh, I still want it. Maybe they'll bounce back. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in, the, in terms of odds, like the abs are definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're up there. It's looking good. They could for sure just, um, I mean, it's anyone's game at this point. Like they haven't even started. They have a couple weeks to prepare and like, just get ready. So it'll, it's fine. Uh, do you want to update us with, uh, your NASCAR information? Yes. <laughs> I have some NASCAR updates. One, <laughs> nobody has like taken us up on telling us how the points work. So this is still a call to action. <laughs> if you don't have to be educated on NASCAR, but I'm sure you have an uncle that is, or someone, a grandpa, I don't know. Please, someone explain this to us. How do the point system, how does the point system work in NASCAR in terms of the rankings? Tell us like we're five so we can then explain it to these other listeners. Then we will all be educated. This is the teach Amanda fish scenario. <laughs> like we want to teach other men to fish here. The Bible and NASCAR go together <laughs> perfectly. Um, yes, I love that analogy. Um, come be a guest for five minutes or as long as you want and just you know it's your time to shine please explain this to us even if you want to teach yourself how it works and then come explain it to us and save us the time of having to like actually do the research ourselves um, that would be great we would forever love you um, so the NASCAR update is <laughs> there will not be any practice of qualifying at any remaining races in 2020. So now here's where I am dumb. I didn't realize they practiced before going into the race. Like, I I don't know what I was thinking. I don't, I so, never thought too much about it. Do you have to qualify for, do you have to qualify to be in a race? Um, <laughs> like, I think you do, but they're just, trying to um or do they do are they doing like warm-up laps before a race is that what you're referring to like <laughs> i don't super understand it this is okay. where i'm like wait what does this mean so um so like they they have playoffs which what <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna have races in the nascar playoffs and there won't be like practice or qualifying so like all the races across like the cup xfinity the truck series they don't have practices or qualifying before them and so like i please someone help us <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to i i think they do do a like again we will take the criticism i i embrace radical candor right now um I would assume they do a qualifying round before like people are just, so then not anyone can just show up and be like, I'm, I'm going to race. This race. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a similar sport where you have to qualify like based on a ranking system or something in order to be 
like entered into a competition. That sounds like, like I'm explaining like literally any playoff, but <laughs> sounds like you're explaining like track and field, like that seems yeah. right, right? Or like okay, like with horse racing, I think that you have to have like certain types of races and results on your quote unquote resume in order to like be able to like do the big races. So I'm guessing it's something kind of like that for NASCAR, but essentially we have no update because we don't really know how it works. Yeah. That's like the bigger (laughs) problem is we still don't really know. (laughs) But you do understand major league baseball. Oh my God. That is something I do understand. I probably won't watch many of the games on television because while watching baseball on TV is not the most fun. However, we're very limited in how we can consume baseball. So, you know, I might... Beggars can't be choosers. And baseball has begun. Um, The Dodgers are the favorites for the shortened season. And to which I say, the Colorado Rockies (laughs) are going to win. And, um... Yeah. MLB kicking. People are playing um, really good. I know that like before they'd even come to starting the season, this like a bridge season, um, you know, they're working out the player contracts and all of that. And like, I know it was like a mess. I feel like for the MLB, it was a lot more work coming back because like post COVID, not that we're post COVID, but like um, just navigating that. Um But fortunately, it's working out. I kind of thought that baseball would be back shortly after golf because golf started back up the second week of June. Um, And so it was a little surprising to me that um, women's soccer was back that last weekend of June and not baseball just because baseball is a little bit easier to control people being around each other. Um, so baseball's happening. Check it out. I don't know if you're a Dodgers fan. Sorry that I was just kind of offensive. And then big news for <laughs> I think Dodgers fans are used to people like hating on them. So I don't that's think that's good. new for them. That's that's what I assume. I feel like baseball fans like know that people are just gonna like talk trash about their team. So like if you're a Red Sox fan, like you have to almost expect that like you tell someone who is not a Red Sox fan that they're going to be rude to you and be like, oh, you're a Red Sox fan um, or like Yankees fans, like outside of New York. Once you leave the area of where your team is from, like you just have to expect that people are going to like say some rude things. So it's life. That's like part of being a fan. I, from my experience, maybe I'm wrong. If no. I am wrong about this. No, like, I think you're right. At least based on my experience. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of a team where someone, oh, I take that back, the Browns, like if you're a Browns fan, like no one's going to make fun of you because like, it's tough enough being a Browns fan. I don't know. I feel like people would. I feel like, yeah, I think so. I feel like people would be like, why do you like, why do you put yourself through that torture? Like, why do you still care about this team and follow this team? Like I would have quit so long ago. I think that, I think that teams that are, have historically been very bad, like, their fans still have a get a tough time from other fans. Come on now. You gotta respect them for like staying with their team. They are a ride or die. Fans ask, like that are the best. Ask Colin what it's like to be a Mariners fan. 
Ah, okay, yeah. So, like, the Mariners. I can't. No one hears about the Mariners, I feel. I feel like people don't even know that the Mariners exist. <laughs> like, on the yeah, or on the East Coast, like, <laughs> I feel like it'd be one of those teams where people were like, oh, I forgot that they were part of the MLB. <laughs> All right, that's true. All right, it's pouring out for the Mariners fans. <laughs> oh, um, any more MLB updates? Yeah, so the San Francisco Giants had a pretty historic thing happen. Shouldn't be a historic thing at this point, but here we go. Um, Alyssa Nacken was the uh, first woman in MLB history to coach on field during a major league game. Props to her. That's a big shout out. Like, that's so dope. Um, We love to see it, but we're also like, come on now. It's 2020. How is this the first time we've had a woman on the field coaching? Like, it's cool. It's fine. Um, we're, we're seeing more and more women coaches in men's sports, and, like, we'll take those small wins for now. We certainly will. And also, think about it this way. Um, no um, woman coach for Major League Baseball has ever been on the field without a mask on. <laughs> That's also very true. <laughs> Masks only. Mask on. Mask on. Yep. The next year of sports, which will be very interesting in terms of like how people perceive coaches. Um, now that they can't <laughs> see, like, right? Because people just be like, oh man, this coach them, is so pissed. I'm picturing them moving their mouths and like the fabric of the mask getting caught like in their lips and it like sucking in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like sometimes that kind of, like it kind of happens when you're like talking a little yep. bit. But then if you're yelling and your jaw is like going even wider, I feel like it would just be like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I we'll see how this plays out. You know, we're about to see coaches yell. I mean, I guess with like with soccer, I don't feel like they usually zoom in too much on the coaches. Um baseball they- or basketball is like right in your face. Soccer, they will if the coach is, like, being uh, a little over the top. But a lot of, like, so at least for, like, the Bundesliga games I watch, like, a lot of coaches, like, sit. Like, they're just sitting, like, or they, like, pace, but they don't they don't get, like, wild. It's not like basketball coaches where they can get yeah. a banana at times. <laughs> um, Plus, like, the court is a much more condensed zone for cameras yes and it's indoors so they for sure are gonna probably be wearing the masks so yep it, it'll be it'll be interesting and i hope that they all have like different masks for different games like they like lean into the you know the extraness that the nba can have when it comes to ensembles ensembles yeah it would be really funny to have um you know how you've seen like some not I've never seen this in person, but some people have masks um, where it's like a smile is printed on it, and it like yes. is supposed to kind of match their face. Like <laughs> I wonder if a coach could get one made where their their mouth is like open, like yelling, so it just looks like they're constantly yelling. That would be That's, scary. I think it'd be but. scary, and it would definitely get memed, and it'd be <laughs> all over Reddit. It Oof. would. <laughs> I would enjoy that though. What is your hot take this week? So I, like many people, have been listening to 
the wonderful soundtrack that is Hamilton and mm, have taken yes. a break to listen to the new DJ Khaled and Drake songs because apparently people love them. And my hot take is hard pass. I'm with you on that. Ooh, I'm glad that we're like in the same boat here. Yeah. Yeah, and just, meh. Yeah, they didn't do it for me. I was like, all right, cool. Plus the Hamilton soundtrack is like almost three hours long. So you can listen to that forever. And then by the time you're done with it, you're like, okay, I could listen to that again because you didn't hear the first, you hadn't heard, listen to the first song in two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Like I can always listen to that opening song. Uh, it's, they're just <laughs> all so good. The they're songs are so great. good. It's uh, what a performance. Um, what is your hot take? <laughs> um, my hot take is actually related to temperature. So, um, my hot take is that baths are not just for winter or fall. These are stressful times we're in. And I think a lot of people could use a nice warm bath with some, you know, maybe lavender Epsom salts or like a bath bomb or something. Um, a glass wine, candle, maybe a book or some trash television on Hulu or Netflix. Um so I, I would encourage people who are stressed out, which is probably everyone, to um, consider if you enjoy baths in the colder months, try it in the summer. Just crank the AC up and you'll be, you feel so refreshed. It's great. There's a lot of hot takes in like one go. <laughs> like people taking baths in the summer. Some people hate baths. I know, Well, that's true. Some people... Some people think just baths are stupid and they suck, and that's a hot take in and of itself, I guess, um, that they're enjoyable. But, um, yeah, not just for cold temperatures. That's a that's a good self-care plug also. So I am H-O. The- <laughs> <laughs> so with your, your self-care bath in the middle of this stressful summer... Um, what wine would you be drinking? Mm. Um, well, definitely not a red. It has to be something cold to kind of counterbalance the water temperature. Um, so I would say like a nice Sauvignon Blanc or rosé. Um, my wine of the week is Fleur de Mer rosé, which is from um, Provence in France. Mm-hmm. And um super pretty bottle my mom got it for my birthday um last week it's like the rosé itself is that really like pale pink color that where you know it's like not a sweet rosé and then Mm -hmm. um the label is like light purple and it has this like cool swirly font on it um and surprisingly the two colors just work really well together and it has like a like also kind of some silver on it very nice um would definitely recommend What uh, is your wine of the week? That sounds so nice. Um, (laughs) My wine of the week is also a rosé. It is, the label is Church House. I went, I wanted to get something local when I went to HEB today. I was like, man, I need a local wine. What are the options that I have not already tried? Um, And it's a Texas sweet rosé. And it's like exactly what I wanted in a rosé. Sometimes rosés can be, like, really dry and, like, acidic. That's how I like them. (laughs) 
No, I think we like the opposite, complete opposite kinds of roses. They're, they're, yes. I feel like there are like definitely two camps. Yes. And, and like, and I support, I'm like, I'm glad that Rosé like can take on all these different faces um, because everyone enjoys a good Rosé. It's like a light, good wine to drink. And this one is sweet, but not too sweet. And it is very mellow, um, which is, I tend to not like super acidic wine. It hurts to drink. Mm. Sometimes that's definitely a thing for people. Um, you know, it can give you a stomach ache if it's a really acidic one. Yeah, um, or like a, a sinus, like it hurts in your sinuses. Yeah, or like a like an inflamed like taste bud or something, you know, like yeah. sometimes, sometimes something weird happens in your mouth if you have too much acidic stuff. Um but such is life. We, you know, make these choices and live with the results. <laughs> It's a good thing we, like, track the wines that we like mm-hmm. and don't like. Then we don't get the ones we don't like again. But um, Shout out to Vivino. Download their app. <laughs> I'm very glad that you recommended it. Now I do that. Now I know not to. Like, sometimes I'll, like, pick a wine because I like the bottle. As yeah. the listener knows, we both pick wines based off of the bottles, <laughs> how they look. Um, and sometimes I'm like, man, that's such a cute bottle. And then I'm like, oh, man, that was not something I should ever drink again. But I'll well, still be tempted by the bottle again. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty easy app to use. You just take a photo of the front of the wine bottle, and it doesn't save it to your camera roll or anything, which is really nice because yeah. that would take up storage. Um, it looks up the wine, pulls up, you know, kind of the price point where you can buy it, the flavor profile, and it's like these little sliding scales. So you can um, use that to see if a bottle is like similar to other wines that you like in terms of like uh, dryness, acidity, boldness, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it kind of helps like build a curated thing for you because you can rate the wines that you then try. Um, and it's super easy because the more wines you rate in the app, the better its recommendations for you get. So, um, it's, I think it's really good for people who like, just don't know what to buy. Yeah. Which we've all been there, you know? Oh yeah. And like, not everyone wants to just try just the random bottles all the time to be like, Oh, what do I like? Like, how will I know if I like this random thing? Yeah. It's like, you're taking less of a gamble. I would say when you use this app to your advantage, um, because you're just increasing your odds of what you end up buying being something you actually will like. So definitely go download that up. Um, V I V I N O. I just realized it has Viv in it. Oh, <laughs> perfect. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> what are your uh, plugs for this week? Anything to update people on share? So my, forever plugs are the tailgate society podcast bitter units they are continuing on trying different beers and like talking to different people it's really neat um drunk dialing if you're you know feeling free on a saturday night, just dial in matinee baseball now that there will be baseball they will be able to talk about that but um they're still talking about different movies and um culture check is specifically looking at black 
actors and actresses in their performances. Um, so Creed will be the next movie for that podcast. And then because college football is kind of like, is it happening? Isn't it happening? Um, a couple of tailgate society folks got together and did a very special college football podcast. So college football fans, if you really like you're missing it and you're stressing out, like go listen to that. And then with baseball being back, um, a couple of contributors got together and they did it an MLB preview. So be sure to go read that. And then as per usual, follow the tailgate society on Twitter and Instagram, where you will see all of the different things that we're doing. And if you are interested in writing for the tailgate society, creating a podcast, making content, um, reach out and feel free to reach out to Ted Flint, reach out to me, reach out to Emily. We will direct you in the right direction um, because we're looking for folks. Those are all my plugs. Sorry that it was a very long list of plugs. Uh, What are your plugs, Emily? No, you covered it for the group perfectly. Um, So I don't have anything I need to say really, except um, just wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners who... um, Paul from Washington, who had Mike Leach create a cameo for us and uh, send it to us. It was great entertainment um, during this time, and we will we can post it on our social media channels so everyone can see it. But um, it was hilarious. Um, apparently, he is a big Mountain Men fan. <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> Not I. Um, so shout out for that cameo. It was great. A wonderful surprise. It uh, was very funny. Thank you for sending. <laughs> other than that, I don't have anything. Do you want to uh, finish us off with the bigger than sports moment? I would love nothing more than to give this bigger than sports moment. Um, Take it home. As a proud alumni, alumnae, I don't know how to say the word where it means you're a woman. That's it's confusing. It's very confusing. It also sounds, that just sounds weird. And I think like, I'm pretty sure you're right. And it just sounds bizarre. It's Latin's really hard and is not my second language. I, just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, so background information. Um, a young Cheyenne Wyoming resident named Bridger Walker saved his little sister from a dog attack. Um, and it like blew up on social media. Um, and so of course in Wyoming where there's 500,000 people in the whole state, everyone's probably heard about it, including the athletic director at the university of Wyoming, um, Tom Berman, friend of the pod. We like Tom a lot. Um, and so he, Saw that along with Chris Evans. I would like to also share that Chris Evans saw this. <laughs> this has gone major celebrity. It's like super big. Um, but like in Wyoming, you know, they did with it. Like Tom's like a big person, big deal in Wyoming. So he was like, um, I'm asking Bridger and his family to reach out to me personally. When we get back to normal, I want the Walker family to be our guests at whatever Wyoming event they come to see. And like, it's a very small thing in that to be like, Hey, like come to this football game. But like, um, this little boy is like super young and his little sister, like they're both like under six years old. So like, that's just kind of a big deal. And like knowing Tom and like the university of Wyoming athletic staff, like they're going to make it a really special experience for that family. Um, they'll go up to the wildcat or suite probably, which like, 
for me, my college experience, like having an, we had some event in there. I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing. Cause you can look down at the football field and it's just like a really good view. And like Laramie is not huge, but you can see some of it. It's really cool. Um, and to just be like a little kid and do that and probably like meet Pistol Pete and meet the players who are all just really awesome dudes. Um, I'm excited for, I don't want to say normal, but I'm excited for us to get to a post COVID situation where we can go back to like these moments being like immediately act like we can act upon them and like um see how sports can so positively impact communities most definitely they're still impacting things you know for sure wow um you know games are not happening in the host cities i guess but um definitely makes it easier when uh, things were the way they were before, I guess. We'll so, get there. It's we'll you get know, back to it. Like so much of making an impact happens in person, so it definitely creates an added layer of challenge, I guess. Um, but these things can still happen, even virtually. Yes, we can so. still do kind things for one another virtually, and that's like still really encouraging to see definitely i think that's a great way to end it all right well thank you all for listening we will talk to you all at a later time and still have like all these sports to talk about it'll be great yeah go watch some sports this weekend emily and emily sports and courts